Hello, small villains, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us, a uh, Smallville retrospective podcast in which we take a deep dive into each and every episode of the Smash TV hit Smallville. This week, we're doing episode 15, Nicodemus, uh, original air date of March 19th, 2002, directed by James Marshall and written by Greg Walker and Michael Green. Uh, Greg Walker has since gone on to be executive producer on Titans, and Michael Green has been a writer on quite a few interesting things. Uh, Heroes, Green Lantern, Blade Runner 2049, I think I had one more, one too many numbers in there, and very impressive, uh, Logan. Uh, We'll get right into the episode right after this. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, Steve, not too bad. Good, good. So, uh, episode 15, Nicodemus. Yeah. Uh, Quick impression? Yeah, so kind of an opening thought. The actors get to kind of move a bit outside their normal parameters this time. Like, they kind of get to have a little bit of fun, do stuff that's out of character. Like, I think especially John Schneider. Uh, John Schneider and uh, Kristen Crook, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, that pool scene is definitely responsible for a lot of uh, young males' sexual awakening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or or reawakening, as it was when I rewatched the episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Un- until she, like, oddly transforms into the principal. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah weird. Uh such a yeah, such a weird. I, I, we'll get to that, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get there. And anyway, so yeah, let's let's do this in chronological order. Why don't you kick us off? All right. So yeah, I think uh, the cold open. We are uh, kind of looking down on like the the like back highway or whatever, and there's a red truck speeding speeding down the highway, and the driver uh, is on the phone having a bad day, trying to get Lionel Luther on the phone, and he, like, flips his fucking lid when uh, he can't get him on the phone, and he smashes his phone because that's always the best way to get somebody on your phone is to break it. He's, yeah, he's losing his shit, and immediately there's, like, there's, like, a flower sitting beside him, and you're like, okay, this is a weird situation from the get-go, but it also proves that cell phones exist in this era. It's very weird because it's that time when cell phones were out there, but not everybody had one. So story writers of of Smallville still had the excuse of, oh, well, they just don't have a cell phone with them. That's why they're stuck in this situation. Like, whereas like writers today have to come up with the, oh, I've got no signal. Oh, I smashed my phone. Oh, my battery's dead. But but this is just like, it's accepted that none of these kids have a cell phone with them. Right. I think it's except it's in that weird, it's still in that weird gray area. Like it was right toward the end of the nineties where cell phones were for adults. Like people weren't getting their kids phones. Yeah. It was pretty much. uh, And, and even adults for the most part, it was like people who just needed to be in kind of business contact all the time. Right. They, they need to be, be, you need to be able to get a hold of these people. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but yeah, so he hammers the fucking pedal to the floor, uh, and up ahead, 
we see the uh, blue uh, blue Kent truck, and uh, Bo Duke, uh, or I mean Jonathan Kent, is listening to his favorite song. It might be like the best Easter egg in Smallville history. Yeah, yeah. Is um, Bo Duke driving to the Dukes of Hazard theme song? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, but so he's kind of enjoying himself for a moment, and then he notices somebody coming up on him, and it's the dude in the truck, and he's like, you know, tailgating him real bad, and and Jonathan's staying pretty cool, but then the dude starts ramming him and trying to, like, take him off the road, and Mr. Road Rage kind of ends up the same way most people do when trading paint with the Dukes of Hazzard. He goes airborne and flips his truck. Yeah, the only thing I could think of while watching this scene is like, God damn, that's probably how I look behind the wheel. Yeah. Like, I lose my shit in traffic, man. I am screaming. And it's not a good, it's not a good trait. It it doesn't look good on you. But God, man, I just, I can't take other drivers. The yellowhead drives me insane. Oh my God. Anybody who's lived any or anybody who's never been to Edmonton, you have to understand that, like, on a yearly basis, we are voted as, like, one of the worst cities in the world to drive in. Like, all our drivers are uneducated buffoons. Uh, I'm going to lose us some listeners here. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, like people don't know how to drive. People don't care how to drive. Our roads are a mess. And there's, like, no... The city planning is just a nightmare as far as like the the flow of traffic goes. So it's just and and on any given day you could have two feet of snow drop on you. So it's it's this perfect storm of just ineptness, and uh, and yeah, it'll drive anybody to drink, uh, but I mean, not drive. Not that's that that was no. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but. I mean, I am drinking tonight. But oh, yes, but you're not difference. driving. But drinking and podcasting is fun. Yeah, drinking. <laughs> a little pod fluid never hurt anybody. Exactly. Uh, where was that? Okay, so yes, he that dude flips his truck. Uh, Jonathan kind of, kind of speeds to a stop, and he kind of has he kind of he's kind of out of the truck just as it comes to a stop. Like he's done this many times. Like it's totally a, like he's he's playing Bo Duke. Like yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and so he um, carries uh, carries the dude to safety, and so after he's carried this guy to safety, what do you think happens next? Um, a flower comes on his face. Right, it's... but before that, oh, the truck okay. explodes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what? I, I actually really appreciated it. Is that. Jonathan drags him a certain distance, looks back at the truck and goes, um, maybe not safe enough. And then drags him a little bit more. Like, I like that he gauges, like, if that thing explodes, are we going to be okay? Yeah. Which is something you never see. Like, I, I, I can't recall any other show where I've been like, where someone's like, you know, if that explodes, we're in the blast radius. But Jonathan thinks about that and moves a little further. Right. And then, like you were saying with the flower, like, it does this weird thing, though, like, after it, like, sneezes on him, it kind of just kind of lays down, like, it's, it's like a Muppet. Like it's, it's, well, it's, it's uh, well, because it does, the flower in the episode kind of, like, rotates between bad CG and bad 
puppeteering, bad practical right. effects. But the right. flower, it just looks bad the whole time. What I don't really understand is the flower was on the passenger seat, seat of the truck. Right, right. Jonathan drags the guy out. Was the guy holding the flower? Was, like, how did it get outside the truck and then all the way to, like, outside the blast radius? Right. To exactly where Jonathan dragged that guy. Right. And, like, it wasn't in a pot. No. Well, like, and it, it was It was in a pot when it was in the truck, I assume. Because I don't yeah, think yeah, it was but just... Not, but not on the side of the road. Not, not no. where Jonathan drags what's-his-name. So, is it... Like, I don't understand. How is it planted on the side of the road? These things just grow everywhere in Smallville, and this is the first time anybody's ever noticed the problem? Fuck. Well, I mean, we, I guess we have to be the ones to retcon a story. So I, what my vote is, is that when the truck exploded, the flower was ejected straight to where they were sitting. Okay. Okay. Because that's as plausible as anything. I guess I'm going to go with it's the um, unloved adopted stepchild of Audrey two from little shop of horrors. And Mm. it is just spawning very quickly. And it, it decided to plant itself right there because it saw two humans. Feed me, feed me. Literally one of my favorite things of all time. Little shop of horrors, Rick Moranis. If you haven't seen it, look it up. You'll want to be a dentist. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what you took from it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had a bad career choice. Dentistry. Uh, so uh, I think that's opening credits, though. I think, like, Jonathan gets sprayed by the flower, and he just kind of, like, shakes it off, and he gets the guy out of there. And uh, after the flower lays it back down on the ground, we cut to the credits. Uh, and then to the mansion where Hamilton comes to Lex and is kind of bitching to him about how this flower was stolen from him. And Lex just is just annoyed that Hamilton is gardening instead of doing the job he was hired for. What was Hamilton hired for? He's just to study the, the meteor rock, right? Effect, meteor rock effects on on people biology and okay. all manner of things right yeah okay so does he give like a uh, an actual reason why he is instead he he does i don't think he does it right here but, oh, okay okay uh because lex is just sort of berating him and he's not really you know having it but um hamilton uh tells lex that uh beals was pulled from the wreck by another driver Lex kind of jokingly scoffs and says don't tell me it was Clark Kent and uh Hamilton says no it was actually his father Jonathan and like great. Lex has a look on his face yeah and because it, it's a great twist because you expect it to be Clark if you're Lex right like someone else was saved miraculously let me guess it was Clark no it was actually Jonathan so yeah. it's a nice little twist in in you know presented to Lex mm-hmm yeah, no, he definitely was just like, oh, of course. It's got to be a Kent, though. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't, like, start a whole, um, like, Kent conspiracy in his mind. Like, oh, maybe they're did. all special. I think, really, that's there's very few things to carry forward from this episode. Like, this episode doesn't really carry forward many storylines. 
but maybe this is one of them where Alexa's like the Kents. I'm not going to give up on looking into the Kents. Yeah, fair enough. And was um was Chloe aware of Hamilton before this episode? Uh, I think she was probably vaguely aware of him because of the you know the whole uh, his his old business where he would sell meteor rocks and he was just kind of known as a kind of like a local crackpot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think they cover, they talk about it briefly at some point in the episode, but I don't remember if I've got notes on that or not. I just can't exactly remember who met Hamilton in the the, the first episode that he appeared uh, Lex, in. Lex did, because he went. Oh, to, Lex for sure. Yeah, Lex went to go talk to him about. I can't even remember what episode that was in. Um, maybe that was in the one where. Um, God, I want to say it could have been Hourglass, maybe. Eh, doesn't really matter. It's it's one of those ones. He goes to confused. a... Or, I have the memory of a goldfish, so I, I, I couldn't tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. No, if, I think if you'd asked me that a week ago, I might have known. Um, But Clark... Uh, I guess we cut over to... Yeah, Kent Farm... And Clark uh, arrives home uh, to find his parents making out, which he is very much not accustomed to seeing. Yeah. And it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse, because it looks like had he been four, five minutes later, that Jonathan would have had Martha on the kitchen table. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, but, uh, like, Jonathan asks... uh, Clark, if he wants to watch the football game with them, and Clark is just, like, flabbergasted. Um, like, just like, well, don't you have work to do? And Jonathan pops a beer open on the counter. He's just like, oh, I've, I've earned a rest. And uh, you can pick up the slack, can't you, Clark? And uh, Clark has a pretty good line where he's just like, oh, it's a good thing this hero business didn't go to your head. Well, I, I kind of like, and I mean, get me don't get me wrong, Jonathan's kind of he's back to who you assume Jonathan probably was in like his high school days. Swagger. Yeah. He's got some swag to him. Um, but I do like the fact that number one, Jonathan has earned a rest. You know what I mean? So I kind of like that. He's got that, that part of the reckless abandon where he can just like kick back and go, you know what? I deserve a day off. That's fine. And I also, it's very, I like, and don't like that. He, for a second gets to the point where it's like, I can exploit Clark. Like he doesn't yeah. necessarily, I don't think he means it that way, but, but he finally acknowledges like I bust my ass and I have literally like a demigod living upstairs who could do all of this shit in the first 15 minutes of the day. Yeah. So yeah, Jonathan puts a full day's work in every single day, even though he doesn't really have to. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't, and he's never asked Clark to ever do it. He's he doesn't say, you know. I mean, he like there's yeah. some things he's like, hey Clark, like I'm falling behind and I need you know all the fence posts done in the back forty. Can you do that? And of course, Clark's gonna do his chores, but he never right. asks Clark to do all the work. Yeah, exactly. Like it, to 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 Jonathan, it does seem like for Clark, like school is your job. That's what I want you to focus on. Yeah. And Jonathan's in, like, a really great mood until Lex arrives on the scene. Which is great. And then he just gets right in his face. And he's just like, he's like, you know what? 
Uh, he's like, oh, you're just here to make sure I'm not going to sue you. And, and he's like, I, you know, he's like, I wouldn't be, I would be totally fine with all the Luthers drying up and dying right here. And like Clark tries to get between them and like Jonathan kind of brushes him off and then belches in Lex's face. <laughs> yes. The burping in Lex's face is such just. It's it Superman. It's Superman three drunk Superman. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's so gross and just insulting. And it's even like, look, I get that Jonathan doesn't like Lex. We all know Lex is eventually going to be like the bad guy of bad guys. But you're yeah. like, at that point, you're just like, wow, he didn't deserve that. That's not. And he's like, I don't like Lionel Luther. I don't like Lex Luther. All the Luthers could dry up and die. Like, it's whoa. And you see Martha's face. She's like, this is none of this is appropriate. And when you say right. he brushes Clark off, like physically, like, yeah. don't touch me. I'm yeah. saying something like, yeah, he kind of almost smacks him a little bit. Um, yeah. But then he says, I'm going to go have a nap. And as he's kind of passing Martha, he's kind of humming a tune to himself. And she kind of, he kind of gives her an eye on the way past. And she kind of just kind of shrugs to Lex kind of in like silent apology as she follows him. Yeah. But like, you'll go get some. Lex is just like, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> you know she is. She's like, she's 100% going to go get some. She's not like, I'm going to go talk to her or anything. It's the look he gave her. It's like, I'm going to go upstairs. And she's like, uh, sorry, Lex, I'm going to go get some. <laughs> <laughs> she's gotta get it oh, yeah. like, i can't i can't jonathan's jonathan's can't. in that mood where like freaky shit's gonna happen this happens on this only other time this happens is on christmas and on his birthday <laughs> <laughs> like she's gotta go get it oh yeah <laughs> like jonathan kent is totally one of those those dudes he's either a dude who has a very private and very like active sex life or he's the dude who has sex three times a year oh well, i mean he's a he's a farm worker man so he's probably pretty tired all the time um <laughs> uh, well, yeah i was gonna say like because i mean martha can't have kids so right. you can't like well if they were doing it he's, all the time they'd have he like is just kids, you can't even judge just, that way he is just shooting the gun inside the house all day long. Yeah, you never know, man. You there's like you don't got to worry about nothing. There's not going to be no more, you know, mouse to feed or anything. Just go, 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 go. You actually don't even know what happens because Martha's home all day. Jonathan's <laughs> home all day. When Clark's away, the kids oh, play. You know, what I I'm think saying? I think Jonathan just found himself a mouth to feed. <laughs> oh, God, I think they're freaky. I think the, I think the Kents are probably pretty freaky. Yeah. So <laughs> we uh, we move from there to a more PG institution, the school. Uh, and for now, Pete, yeah, Pete. Well, for now, Jesus, yeah. Pete uh, seems to think that it's pretty awesome uh, of what what happened. Um, but Clark thinks, um, you know, Clark thinks that Jonathan's cracking. Uh, and then also Clark. Um, Clark makes some, some kind of comment about who takes an, a nap, uh, a three-hour nap in the middle of the afternoon. Bitch, I take a nap, a three-hour nap in the middle of the afternoon. I'm going to break it <laughs> to you, Clark. Your parents weren't napping for three hours. <laughs> yeah. You know those noises you heard, Clark? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a good thing that there is a, uh, a load-bearing beam in the kitchen. 
It's a good yeah. thing that he has control over his X-ray vision and can decide <laughs> when not to use it. Right. That that exactly. super hearing's go oh wait, does he have super hearing yet? Not yet. Oh, thank Soon. God. He thank God. That, he hasn't had that weird episode where he goes blind temporarily yet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh God. Uh but yeah, Pete is particularly happy about the dunk on the Luthers. Uh but before they can get much deeper on the subject. Chloe rushes up to them and asking them what they would do if they could do anything. Uh, and Pete kind of goes low brow with it. And Chloe complains that, you know, that has been the kind of standard answer so far. But Pete shrugs and says it's human nature before running up to catch up to that girl in blue he was looking at. Yeah. Chloe says uh, she's been like um, taking a survey from people. If you, you're, you're, darkest deepest deepest desire if you could have your deepest desire what would it be she says like everyone's answer pretty much evenly split between something violent or something sexual yeah and i'm like yeah well wow. i'm like i'm with pete on that one i'm like yeah it kind of makes sense that's mm -hmm. what people are it's it's uh, except there i would think there's probably a third category which would be greed yeah 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 greed oh yeah some something something that makes it so you don't have to work quite so hard anymore, right? Well, not just that, but I mean, like, if you think about it, you dark, my deepest desire, and it's not necessarily my deepest desire, but if, you, if you're going to, like, really break this down, having 20, 30, 40 million dollars kind of sets you for life, and then, yeah. you know, like, the sex is going to, it's going to come with that money. And <laughs> <you> everything. <laughs> so More money, more power. More yeah, basically. Problems. I know everyone's like more money, more problems, but uh, yeah, but yeah, they're rich people problems, so who cares? I think I think Jeff Bezos has proven that you get to a certain point where more money, more problems becomes a point where you have so much money that you're solving your problems before they become problems. Yeah, like literally, yeah, rich people problems or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm not like I just I, what kind of problems would they be? Poor people problems are like I might starve to death tonight. <laughs> that's <a problem. laughs> yeah that's a problem rich do people I, problems but... are like you know if i get caught cheating on my taxes i might have to do seven months in that prison that only has a nine-hole golf course oh man Ugh. rough rough yeah life. that's a problem but yes yeah, so Oh yeah, so Clark Clark gets savaged by Chloe in this scene too because Clark brings up uh, the Lex Pete thing to Chloe. She's not surprised at all. Um, Lana shows up, and we learn that um, from a certain windmill you can see much the Metropolis skyline. Which yeah, that's another thing. In this episode, we'll we'll get to it later on, but you can see how close Metropolis is to uh, Smallville. Yeah. It's that when we get to that scene, we'll talk about it. Right. So we can see the Metropolis skyline and you can actually see the wheels turning as Clark stores that for that info for later. And Chloe asks Clark for his thought, but then notices him watching Lana walk away. And she makes the point there pretty that there are plenty of available girls without having to cross an emotional minefield. And uh, she definitely means herself in that saying that oh, um, 100%. But, 100%. Um, but Clark being... And it is one of those things about, like, the Clark Kent Superman character where he is supposed to be super smart and he is supposed to be, you know, this 
it's like basically pinnacle of what a human being could be. But and, and even though he plays it up as the Clark Kent character later on in his life, he is oftentimes still pretty damn oblivious. Yeah. Yeah, he can't he can't notice everything and he really doesn't notice these kinds of things he says well i can't turn off my feelings she kind of bluntly states that he can either hide in his loft playing with his telescope or move on yeah i don't know if she was talking about his telescope yeah i mean it's a little bit of a double entendre there yeah yeah she's she's pretty savage in this yeah without being full out mean she's like she's being as honest as possible like look I, i mean she probably should have at some point come out and just said like Clark you know I'm interested in you if we let's try something between the two of us and then maybe you can forget about Lana who already has a boyfriend by the way yeah yeah but you know instead she's kind of like ducking and weaving and 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 Clark being a little oblivious not getting the picture but yeah when Chloe says that she kind of uh storms off and he kind of stares after her for a moment and we get kind of him just kind of blinking like what the hell happened there? <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, back on the farm, uh, Daddy Kent is still is still looking for a literal literal role in the hay. Like he's he's still after Martha, but she's trying to get out the door. But she suggests he call Lex to apologize. Uh, and then, still kind of concerned how weird he's being, she discovers he's running a fever. But. Yeah, there's only one cure. Well, it's not more cowbell. Well, well, did you cowbell could help? It might. I don't know. Uh, Did you notice the ghost in this scene? What? I'm 100% serious, by the way. There at at some point, uh, Jonathan and Martha are like uh, kind of flirting and they're close together and they're kind of like nudging each other, whatever. And in the background of the set, a cabinet door opens by itself. No. You're 100%. I, w- I was watching this. So I was like, who just opened that cabinet? And there's nobody else around. Oh, I'm like, no. holy shit. There's like a you, legitimate you, ghost in the Kent house. You you watch it open? Like, it's not like camera cut and then it is open? No, no, no. It swings open while the camera's on, like, Martha and Jonathan. Oh, my it's, God. It's, like, on the, uh, like, upper left corner of, of the screen. It just, like, swings open by itself. It's like, huh. Okay, well, and it's like outside of the scene, so there's no reason why like a prop person or anybody would have been fucking with it. Man, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go back and look for that. That yeah. sounds creepy. But, uh, but yeah, look, she figures out that he's got a fever, and she's telling him that go back to bed. I'll make some soup when I get back. Uh, and she leaves, but like a moment later the phone rings and their machine picks it up like immediately. So I guess, it, I guess that would make sense. Cause if they're working on the farm as much as they are, they probably have certain points of the day where their phone doesn't even ring. It just goes straight to the machine, but the machine gets it. And we start to hear the bank turning uh, down a loan request. Yeah. And Jonathan picks up the phone and does himself zero favors. He goes, immediately like like temperature of a hundred he's like that gif of the anger emotion yeah from what's that pixar movie oh um uh god damn it inside out yeah there you go yeah. there you go yeah. voiced by lewis black but he's he's, yeah. he's like the epitome of that gif at this point where he's just like you know what let me tell you something 
Yeah, and he insults the dude's uh, the dude's manhood. Like yes. literally, says, "Does that live in your wife's purse too?" Yeah, yeah. But and then he, of course, smashes the phone because that is a side effect of this flower. He's he like droid raging at this point now. Yeah, and then we cut into town, and the blue Kent truck's just swerving all over the road and like nearly running over multiple people, and Clark standing on the side of the road like with his jaw on the ground i want there is some um uh john schneider does some legitimately really great stunt driving in this yeah because he's driving and he is driving because the camera's following him you can see him in the driver's seat he's Mm -hmm. not being towed on a trailer or anything he's driving around the road and at one point he opens the door so he yeah. can scream at someone on the side of the road as he's taking it around a corner. He's, like, yeah. ah! he's just like this crazy, angry, drunk driver. And it's like, it's honestly kind of impressive. It's fucking Big Valley Jamboree all over again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, uh, John, yeah, he, he kind of makes his way around and uh, Clark kind of gets his shit together finds Jonathan making his way toward the bank with a shotgun and Clark speeds in his path to stop him. And when Clark tries, tries to actually like stop him from passing him, he actually gets a chest full of buckshot. Yeah. He's trying to like wrestle the gun away from Jonathan who has his finger on the trigger. Right. So when Jonathan tries to pull the gun back, take it back from Clark, he pulls on the trigger and yep. Unloads. Bad Bad trigger discipline. It is bad trigger discipline. Never put your finger on the trigger of a gun unless you have 100% certainty that you're going to pull it. Yeah. But yeah, so Jonathan, uh, like, after this happens, he kind of is, like, suddenly, like, from his point of view, like, it's just, like, hazy and spinning, and he collapses. Uh, And we learn at the hospital in the next scene that he's suffering from a form of anaphylactic shock. And that the guy he saved earlier was admitted with the same symptoms and has fallen into a coma. Yes. Yeah. But, okay, is Jonathan awake? Hmm. Because at this point, like, I know, like, later on... I think he's unconscious. Like, Clark, your, dad, your dad's in a coma now. But I, like, he doesn't wake up beyond this point. Yeah, I don't think we don't we don't see him awake. Anyway. So right now he's just unconscious, but not Correct. in a coma state. I right. don't know the difference between the two. I think the uh, like I think medically he would they would be able to wake him if they needed to. Oh, okay. Whereas now I I don't know I haven't seen enough Grey's Anatomy to know the difference. <laughs> no, I mean you know what that's a more intelligent answer than I would have come up with. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some, but not enough to know. <laughs> the last medical I've... show I watched was ER. Do you guys want an ER podcast? Voice off in the comments. Yeah, we could we could just keep going backwards and backwards and watching a mo- <laughs> just older and older shows. Do you and... guys want a honeymooners podcast? Hey, how about Gilligan's Island? To the moon, Alice. Oh, Gilligan's Island was awesome. I'll do Gilligan's Island. Oh, you know what? Three's company. We'll watch. We'll we'll spin a wheel, and we either watch an episode of Gilligan's Island or Lost. Oh, there you go. Who's to say it wasn't the same island? You don't yeah. know. We don't know. What I'm saying is that it is. 
Fuck, we are way in the weeds. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so uh, hospital. After the hospital, for some reason, Lana and Chloe are at the scene of the crash looking for clues. Um, Because why not? Uh, But the scene pretty much just exists to get Lana infected by the flower. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Which she pretty much does immediately. And then yes. she doesn't mention that this flower sprayed her and like it's it kind of pops up and just gets her and she doesn't really think to mention it. And then uh, the, as it, we go further, she does like a little sneeze thing. Uh, and then isn't there like a cut to the camera eluding that somebody stepped on it? Uh, well, somebody was there because Chloe took pictures um like was taking pictures because she heard something um yeah and that's what that's during that time is where chloe um or lana found the hula girl from the dash the dashboard from the the truck that the other guy was driving um and then they get back in the car um and it's in the next scene at hamilton's lab uh lex confronts him about the experiment and then bringing up the incident from 1871 where over 200 people died after going wackadoo um and this is at the original smallville town site so like this is like 150 years ago but um can't remember what what else happens here it's just like my next uh, note is is just like it just says side note Lex's Taylor rules for yeah. real I actually love Lex's wardrobe I think all throughout Smallville whoever picks his like jackets and suits and fantastic Yeah 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 no I always thought that this and I still think it I'm like damn uh but oh so Lex says he's going to smell the flower and Hamilton like just kind of puts his hand over it and he admits that there are other potential applications other than the toxicity. Um, Lex gives zero fucks about the flowers though and says he's going to have a team look at the flower and find a cure to save mainly Jonathan because like at this point he's like not going to let Jonathan die and lose his tie to Clark. Because if, if Jonathan dies because of something that is Lex's fault that's that's it they're done probably right um though the flower does respond to hamilton weirdly i don't know if you noticed that well yeah when he's like petting the tank yeah and it kind of leans towards him right who's to know whether that's just him that it does or is it just kind of like uh an allusion to the fact that maybe the 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 flower's more predatory than we think. Right. Like maybe motion kind of kicks it off. Maybe. Could be. And that's yeah, why yeah. like when Jonathan lays beside it or, or Lana drops down beside it, that's when it knows to like spray. Much like a T-Rex, its vision is based on movement. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Uh, I think at this is the school scene where like the school doors burst open and like bad girl Lana comes in with her like like almost knee high boots and her whole deal. And yeah, she's like, well, I mean, like the the weird thing is this is supposed to be like 
uninhibited Lana. And and, and maybe mm. it is because she is pretty reserved most of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh my God, Lana's wearing a skirt and showing her shoulders. Yeah. Like, it's really not that bad. She's got some makeup on, but it's not mm-hmm. like she's not like you know, she's not like she's going to go work the street or anything. She's got, no. she's actually fairly decent makeup and her hair looks fucking great. The only yeah. thing that you could argue about that would like scream promiscuous is she got them big hoops. Did you see those oh, yeah, big really hoop earrings? Hoop. And you know earrings. what that means. <laughs> that she's going to take them off at some point to fight a bitch. <laughs> Maybe that might happen too. Uh, anyway, uh, but it, it the whole thing that is like kind of unrealistic is like, like as she's walking in, like the entire school stops to be like a bow. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's not the Lana we know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, she uh, she walks up to Whitney and he's like, hell yeah. Uh, but she wants him to blow off classes so they can go to some Bible study. Uh, but he turns her down, which makes her pretty much dump him on the spot. Yeah. Um, and I can't justify her dumping him on the spot, but I sure as shit can't justify him going, oh, I don't know, Lana, it's a school day. Fuck you, Whitney. <laughs> like, Have you seen her? Yeah. Well, although here's the thing, and we've been, we speculated on this. Right. Is it a physically romantic relationship? Because well, here's the it thing. It would have been today. Lana shows up at school and that's what, that's my point though. If this isn't the first time, Mm. because if it is the first time, I don't care who you are. If you're a guy in Whitney's position, you're like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. So I have to assume at this point that it's not or wouldn't have been their first time. And he's just like, you know what? I mean, we've been together a million times, not to like lessen the importance of it, but like there's other shit in my life going on. So our sexual relationship not a giant priority. Right. Point number two, Whitney's already lost his scholarship. So what the fuck does he care about classes for? That's a good point, too. <laughs> That's an excellent point, actually. Uh, but uh, we, uh, after she walks away from him and leaving him kind of standing there, uh, uh, Clark is playing with his little helicopter in the torch. Um, and that is not a, a euphemism. Like he is literally playing with a little helicopter. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, when Lana gets his attention, asks if he's going to class, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not really feeling up to it." Uh, and then he turns around and he's like, "Oh, oh, Yeah, and she kind of asks if she if he likes what he sees. He kind of he says that the operative word is gulp. Yeah, which. Honestly, I thought was kind of endearing. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not what I would have said, but it's still, it's close to what I would have said. Um, but, you know, she she comes on really strong, though, and he's just, like, kind of almost creeping away from her, but not quite creeping away from her. Yeah. Um, and she says that, you know, things are, shouldn't let him, let things keep him down and to let his friends be his friends and let him distract him. Uh mission accomplished and, and so, this is 100 percent proof now that lana knows clark wants her oh yeah even though she's like under influence of the flower that's just making her act out on knowledge she already has right 
So there's no denying it from this point on. And she might not remember this, but Clark does. Yes. So dragging him behind her, we see them arrive at the pool. Um, things start taking a turn for the sexy. Uh, Clark questions whether this is a good idea. And like Lana's on like the like diving board, taking off her boots. She kicks her skirt over to him. Uh, and then like she, <laughs> I wrote this in my notes. It says she kicks her skirt at him. And then that on this, uh, the day of our Lord, March 19th, 2002, tens of thousands of boys became men. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, then she, uh, like she pretty much is just down to like lingerie. Oh yeah. She's total brawn panties. Yeah. Um, great set by the way. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm, pool, I'm gonna right? let you interpret how I meant that. I either meant right. the brawn panties, which is actually right. what I was talking about, or something right. else. Um, right. but you've got to think though, this is a body double. Oh yeah, oh, right. Because yeah. there's never a shot of uh, there's never a full shot of Lana. It's either like clavicles up or behind full body. Well, here's what I think. I think it actually is her at the the first scene, but when it's her coming out of the pool, she doesn't have that ass. Oh, you know what? I honestly didn't even notice, but that's, that's kind of what I was saying too, is whoever was on the diving board was, mm-hmm. um, more fit than Kristen Crook. Right. You, you get, right. you get the, uh, the, the, the impression that Kristen Crook, and you actually see it when she wears like tight jeans or whatever, that she's mm-hmm. kind of wayfish. Yeah. Whereas the girl on the diving board is athletic. Yeah. So. But yeah, so um, I, the whole time I was like, you know, at most, at, at most she's 18 years old here. Just, just on this rewatch, I felt like a really she filthy fucking, old man. Whoever was playing that role better have been, because you better not have been filming that with anybody who wasn't 18 or older. Uh, yeah. That's how you go to jail. Uh. Uh, hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. Moving yeah. on. Uh, what, what, what was that? No, it what? was nothing. nothing. No, it's all right. Uh, Lana, uh, kind of backflips into the pool after asking Clark if he wants what she wants. And when he, uh, when he won't jump in, she kind of, she gets back out and she tells him she knows he wants her and they start making out. A little bit, but Clark says, kind of pulls away saying, wait, but he stumbles on the edge of the pool and then needing only the lightest tap to fall in. And Lana's laughing. And then we hear the door and we see Lana respond to it. And then the next thing we see is Principal Kwan. Yeah. Just. Yeah. In the time it took Clark to basically fall fall into and then like resurface. Lana has turned into Principal Kwan. Yeah. It's very... I don't think that's how it works. No. Um, and there's no way Principal Kwan didn't see her. No. And no wasn't Clark... Like, did Clark... Dro- he must have dropped her clothes. Well, no, she... I mean, she kicked... He kicked her... She kicked her skirt over to him. But when she took off her shirt, she dropped it next to the dry- diving board where her boots were. How yeah, did she, she recover that, her that's stuff what I'm so thinking. Like, Is she just running around in lingerie <laughs> around the school now? <laughs> I mean, it's that or she managed to get all of her shit. Uh, well, but I mean, like, again, 
she's got no inhibitions at this point, so maybe she doesn't give a shit. Or she runs into the girls' locker room where I'm sure that there's like fucking pair of yeah. sweatpants or something. Right. Right. But yeah, either way, like Quan is just kind of standing there like, hmm. Yeah. He doesn't even say anything. Look at Quan doesn't I have do not lines. approve of you swimming in your clothes in the middle of the day, Mr. Kent. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is he doesn't even have lines. Like he's imagine he probably just got paid scale for this episode. Like he was just <laughs> Whatever. Hey, yeah. man, we need you to do 30 seconds of work. We're going to pay you $250. All right. Yeah. All right, fine. He's like, I'm not doing anything. Um, uh, Why is he even mad at Clark? Like, unless he knows that Clark has a class at that point in time, which I don't know if he knows that or not. Like, does it just... The, the pool is just off limits? Unless... Well, what? I mean, you should be you should be attired properly for the pool. I guess. But they're Clark's clothes. What does he give a shit? Mm. Unless, yeah. unless, and maybe here's the thing. Maybe he saw a half naked girl when he walked in, and now he's looking at Clark, going, "What the hell were you doing in here?" Yeah, yeah. That makes but more sense. But he, but he can't tell who the half naked girl because she was, was running away, she got away, and he was looking at her ass. <laughs> but he he can't admit that. No, of course um, not. He's the principal. If, but uh, I think it's back, back of the torch. Clark retells Chloe the whole story, which you can imagine probably pisses her the fuck right off. But um, she remarks that at least he has a nice picture to think about when in detention on Saturday. Um, and then while they're trying to figure out what the connection is with all the strange behavior, Chloe finds that the random photo she took reveals Dr. Hamilton was at the accident site that night too. Did we yeah. see that photo? Like, kind of. It basically shows, like, a tree, and you can kind of see Hamilton. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not a good photo, but... I must have been taking notes, because I don't remember that. I'm like, well, how did they... Okay. Yeah. It's like it's like a night vision-type camera picture. You know, All right. It's just kind of... Well, the flash is what... The exposure of the flash is what caught him. Right? All right. So, but, yeah. Um, at the Talon... Uh, Lex is on the phone at a table when Lana walks in and past him. She brushes off a staffing issue with a quick solution. Close early and free coffee for everyone. And that catches Lex's attention because he's not partnering for this to this place for to lose money, obviously. Conspicuously, though, he leaves his keys at the table and he goes to remind her what the talent's hours are and to cut the shit. Uh, and Lana gets very uncomfortably flirty with Lex. Oh, she's like licking whipped cream off her hands and then like wiping yeah, it on his lips face. and shit. And I'm like, wow. So that's that's probably the gif that uh, is going up with the episode. But hell yeah, I create I created that gif. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I went Good trouble. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, now and here's the thing. Like I will say this. And again, going back to the fact that we all know who Lex is going to be. We all know who Lex is going to become. Lex can't be all bad because no. he sees what's going on. He knows who Lana is. He knows her true character. And even though Lana is flat out basically saying, I will fuck you on the top of this bar. Mm -hmm. Lex is like, that ain't going to happen. Like Lex legitimately restrains himself because he sees one of his friends. Something's not right. Right. So I'm going to give and him props for that. And he 
he kind of puts it together and asks where she's been the last 24 hours. And then she loses it uh, and kind of punctuating it with being like, oh, because I'm not acting like a scared little princess. Blah, blah, blah. And then she uh, launches a mug at his head and then uh, steals his keys. What? Oh, that's right. He forgot them on the table. Oh, man. Damn. But yeah, that's the no, oh, second and time. And as she's running away, I notice she has a chain wallet for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh she's just running away and I'm like, Did she, was she wearing a chain wallet? All right. She, was. she had a wallet chain. You have <laughs> to prove that she's a badass, so give her a chain wallet. Thank you for saying that because it was in my notes in block letters. Shane Wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Smallville, I love you. Oh my god. But (laughs) no, uh, but this is like the second time Clark has been standing on the side of a road as a car has sped by. Um, today and uh and i now while it wasn't as obvious as john schneider driving the truck i'm not totally unconvinced that this wasn't Kristen crook driving this car because at one point it does take a really quick turn around a corner and i'm fairly certain that that is her profile right i didn't i didn't really take a look because i almost always assume that especially like a show of this caliber they would not risk anything going wrong and would you not would have think, to but again like the, the john schneider driving that car that but truck that's and different. that's different because he was on the dukes of hazard for because he is a duke boy it's true that is true yeah i mean I, I i'm not saying she didn't i just don't i put the chances of that pretty low oh fair enough yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean Josh Schneider did escape Boss Hog on a weekly basis for like 4 years. Something like that. It had to have been at least 4 years. And those were long seasons in those days. Like probably it's probably was he 200. an original Duke boy or he was he one of the replacements? He, I think he was an original. I don't really remember though cuz I mean I've seen Dukes of Hazard and I've seen like I would say I was seen I've seen 50 episodes of Dukes of Hazard but I can't tell you if he's the original. Yeah, if, I, I I don't I don't know either. It was Luke and Bo Duke. Yeah, and then I don't remember who the other two brothers were, because there were the two original ones, and then something happened to them, and then the cousins took over. Right. Well, I remember that, but then I remember then there was that shitty movie in the late '90s or early 2000s. Stifler, right? And oh and, no, I, wait, wait, am I thinking of Dude Where's My Car? Well, I think I think. Uh, like what Luke Wilson was one of them. Um, and Jessica Simpson was the, uh, Daisy Duke. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember who the other guy was though. Uh, let's say it was Stifler, but <laughs> what if it was? okay. Anyway, that's another podcast. Jesus. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hazard podcast. Oh my God. But yeah, Chloe, uh, goes to Hamilton, like a really quick scene. Chloe goes to Hamilton to kind of question him and sneak around a little bit, catches a glimpse of the Nicodemus diary and kind of a suspicious tarped off experiment. And when he asks what she was doing out there, uh, she says that she was partying with her friends. Cause he asked, she asked why he was out out there and he's like oh i just i guess i gather samples at night because that's when they're easier to spot 
Um, and she uses the excuse of partying with her friends as to why she was there. But it's well, more because doesn't, doesn't he like say something like that when she walks in? Yeah. Like, oh, Mrs. Um, what the hell is Chloe's last name? Oh, Sullivan. Mrs. Sullivan, Sullivan yeah. uh, what are you doing? Shouldn't you out be out partying with your friends or so? Like he says something along that line. So she's just throwing it back in his face. Yeah. Some it's, it's something to that effect. I think he says that he tends to go out there, um, even though it's it's he is constantly interrupted by partying teens or whatever. Um, but, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds about. That sounds better. Yeah. Uh, so we cut back to where Lana has arrived at the windmill um, after uh, after kind of just like just wrecking not really wrecking lex's car but like getting it real dirty (laughs) um and uh she kind of dunks on clark for being too afraid to admit his feelings for her uh and then starts climbing the long ladder up to uh the top of the windmill and the snake eater theme starts playing and uh you know about halfway up she gets dizzy and then finally succumbing to the effects of the flower uh and then just kind of losing consciousness uh, and Clark catches her, of course. The first couple seconds of that fall looked incredible. Like, it looked really good, where she just, like, kind of almost backward swan dives. And yeah. it, they cut it really quick, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But, like, just that first couple seconds where she just kind of, like, falls off the ladder yeah. looks really great. Yeah, because her fingers, her hand slackens, and then you see her fingers slide off the ladder rungs. And yeah, and then her back. her back just kind of arches backwards, and she just yeah. kind of like, yeah, falls backwards. Like it's almost an Assassin's Creed type shot. <laughs> uh, like you have yeah. to assume that underneath her, and maybe they cut it, and I didn't notice, but maybe they cut it because there is like an airbag with just some grass thrown on it underneath. Because right. Right. you know that's how you're gonna do that stunt. But yeah. um, yeah, just that that first couple seconds, I was like, wow, that looked really good. And then yeah. they cut to like a, a shot from underneath that did not look as good. Nah, not 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 convincing. Uh, Clark catches her, and she kind of—I guess she is actually still awake because she kind of looks at him. And I think she says Clark, and then passes out. Yeah, yeah. And my note is, oh no, Lana saw. I yeah. hope she doesn't retain any of this in her memory when she wakes up from her coma. <laughs> can see in your notes you've literally got like 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 music notes around those parts yeah it's a lot of eye rolling emojis yeah uh yeah, well this spoiler this episode, alert she won't remember any of it this episode uh could be uh reviewed with just a series of emo- emojis but most of them would be kind of like you know eggplants and yeah oh they would be peaches and peaches yeah <laughs> side eye entirely inappropriate yeah uh, as Lana is brought into the hospital, we learn that Jonathan has fallen into a coma and Lex once again has the best doctors flying in to help kind of apologizing to Clark and getting the, not your fault. Uh, it's pretty obvious. Lex thinks very much. It is at least his responsibility. Of course, Lex, I think at this point is still not coming clean. No, I don't think he does the entire episode. I don't think no. he ever. I don't think he does. I think you're right. Um, 
But uh, at school, Clark, Pete, and Chloe dig into what they've learned uh, on Hamilton and piece together what he must be trying to do. And when Chloe drops that Lex was the one who signed out the book, Pete drags out the old jumped conclusions mat and uh, is visibly upset when Clark defends Lex. Which is, now, I because they haven't really played this up before, we know that there's a slight history between Pete and the Luthers, or, or, or like um, Pete's family, family and, and the Luther family. Um, but... D- does this keep going as Smallville? Because I don't really, like, I know that Pete is kind of jealous that Clark likes or, or is friends with Lex, but I this is kind of the peak of it, isn't it? Like, it never really gets worse than this, even though they probably should have because it is an interesting dynamic. I think I think they've started to kind of put out the breadcrumbs about it being the fact that the Lionel fucked them out of the cream corn factory and some other stuff like that but the other thing about pete that i was actually because a lot of stuff in the season has happened before i thought it would but the thing that hasn't happened yet that i thought for sure happened really early on was pete knowing about clark's powers i thought for sure pete would learn about them in the first season no i don't think anybody finds out until next season and i i don't even think pete's the first to find out Although I could be wrong about that. He, I think he is, I think he knows when, uh, when with the Perry White episode by then, because he kind of helps Clark cover it up. Oh, he I knows think. for sure by the Perry White episode. But yeah. I, I just want to say that I think, and I could be wrong in this, we'll find out when we get there, but right. I want, I, I think Chloe finds out first. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah, um, I don't know if she does, because I know when she does... It becomes the the cent- one of the central themes of the show comes to be like, okay, Clark doesn't know that she knows and she's waiting for him to tell her, but then oh. is always frust- but then is always frustrated because he's not telling her. It's kind of a Rachel and Ross situation. Yeah, will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's I think that's many seasons off. I think I like, might be wrong then. Four. I might be wrong. I, 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 don't, I mean, it could, could very well be wrong. Like I said, I haven't watched this show since it was on TV, so. Right. And that's the thing is I have watched it somewhat more recently than that, but not all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, same thing. Don't remember. Uh, the, but yeah, like Pete is pissed. Like it's, it's setting up a little something here. Um, hours later, Clark uh, meets Lex in front of the Talon and confronts him on the subject of the Nicodemus flower. And he says he remembered the story and took the book out from the library to read it and could see if it to see if it could be of any help. But when he denies knowing Hamilton, Clark grabs him like forcibly and Lex doubles down on his lie about not knowing Hamilton. Like he, yeah, you're right. He doesn't, he doesn't reveal that he knows Hamilton or has any connection to Hamilton at all. Yeah. I don't in the entire episode, I don't think. Yeah. And I think he puts Hamilton into hiding at the end of this too. Yes. Yeah, that happens uh, for sure. But so Pete and Chloe are sneaking around the lab, and as they're going getting in there, Chloe's like, "Keep your flashlight low, so we're not seen." And then Pete proceeds to not do that at all. Not only that, but immediately kicks over like a rake or something. 
<laughs> like, because my, my first note is, for fuck's sakes, Pete, this is why we don't take you on more B&Es. Yeah. Like, literally, they walk in the door and Pete knocks something over. <laughs> and yet, like, while first, like, yeah, first Pete goes, like, ignoring flashlight suggestions and, not, like, stepping on rakes like he's Sideshow Bob. Uh, like, he then untarps the flower and gets infected. Yeah, uh, like because kind he, of off screen. He kicks over the rake. Chloe's like, "God damn it, Pete, stop! I'm gonna go over here. You go over here." She walks five steps. The next thing you hear is fucking glass breaking. It's like, "God damn it, Pete!" <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you might as well have taken the three stooges with you on this heist, Chloe. Yeah, you might as well have, or a bull in that china shop. Uh, From night, but like. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> 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 weird ass. <laughs> can we get in one episode? <laughs> there are listeners that will appreciate that. I can tell you that. <laughs> I miss Night Court. Anyway, <laughs> Night Night Court cast. Um, Jesus. Uh, but uh, so Pete turn when next thing Chloe turns around, Pete is like creepily like. The scariest he's ever been. <laughs> yes. He's got... It's like, I don't know what the director said to him. <laughs> he's like, pretend you're Jim Carrey from The Mask, but angry. Yeah. Like, it is the worst. <laughs> Number one, holy shit, the, the flower affects Pete faster than anybody else. Right. Like, Pete is immediately hardcore on this shit. And then he, like, the camera, like like slide pans over to Pete and he's got this like weird creepy look and he he almost like almost says hey mama how's it going i don't know his actual line but it's like, hey chloe but like hey, girl. but but she but like she quickly shuts it down and he gets so frustrated because oh Pete always gets sidelined and blah blah Pete blah immediately he's goes incel immediately yeah, he he goes from zero to incel. In <laughs> yes, like... like at the drop of a hat, he even gets himself a gun. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he just finds a gun and then robs her. Like yeah. takes takes her keys for her car. Uh, and then so like that's kind of that's kind of it for that. Um, at the ho- at the hospital, there's kind of a scene with Clark checking on on uh, on his dad, and we find out that. Uh, the other guy, Mr. Beals, died half an hour ago, and Martha is, like, tearfully telling the story about how they met at Metropolis University when she borrowed his notes, and, like, she breaks down saying that there's still a part of her every day that thinks the same thought, where she thought that day where she was thinking, uh, I hope he marries me, and that yeah. she still thinks that. And every day, yeah. yeah there's yeah. a part of this, and and for the most part, like, I was really weird with this speech because, like, I get the emotional resonance of it. And usually I tear up pretty easy at, like, pulling at your heartstrings kind of stuff. This I totally didn't because I think it was because I was like, I got to write notes. and and, and Right. Um, but there's a couple parts where it almost had me. One is, the for the first time, Tom Welling really looking sad. Yeah. When, like... Uh, um. Martha starts to cry and he, he like there's a point where you see helpless. him clench his jaw 
and his eyes kind of get a little bit wider and you can like mm. you can tell he's like okay uh and like a legit actress is about to cry in front of me or is crying and he can't really handle it yeah. um and the next one is she's telling the story of like how she first approached Jonathan and she's like well he was under a tree and his denim from head to toe and he's eating an apple and I walked up to yeah. him and I asked him if I could borrow his notes and yeah. what he didn't know is that I was the class note taker. And she does this little thing where she like kind of laughs to herself and whispers like he still doesn't like he still doesn't know it's a secret she kept from him. Yeah, and yeah. that I was so endearing and fucking like my heart like constricted at that point. I was like, God damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was like a really a credit to her acting ability. Like just oh, whole- she rocked it. Yeah. But yeah, the same thing. Like, I was on the verge of tearing up, but didn't quite. Yeah. There will be parts of this show where that will happen. Oh, yeah. But we're not quite there yet. No, we're not there yet. We've got some, like, weird caves and shit and stuff to get through first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, at the mansion, uh, Lex and Hamilton are poring over the book Hamilton found concerning a, her, uh, a herbal antidote indigenous people developed, um, and they are about to leave to make use of it when Pete shows up and kind of just shoots wildly in Lex's direction, but somehow misses, like, every like, shot. did not hesitate. Yeah, just gun. Yeah, like, oh, no, I see him. Boom, boom. Like, pull the trigger. He didn't kill. He was going to kill Lex Luthor. Yeah. And when Lex tries talking him down, Hamilton tries escaping with the book and gets shot in the arm and the book goes flying into the fireplace. And there's kind of like a weird little standoff as like they're trying to figure out like, how do we get the book out of the fire now with this kid holding a gun to us? Who's ready to kill both of us. Yeah. Right. And Lex lunges for the book in the fire and Hamilton knocks the gun away from Pete, makes a break for it. Uh, Kind of Pete fails to hit him with several more wild shots. At this point, the gun should be empty. By this point. Like, I was started to count, I started to count bullets. Um, should be empty by this point. Um, yeah, I think I was thinking roughly the same thing. That it's either a five or a six shot. And he's right. gone through at least five. So he might have one left. Yeah. And Pete is still holding up Lex when Clark finally shows up to talk him down. But then Pete tells Clark about Hamilton and he seemingly takes Pete's side. And like, there's like a scene where like Lex, uh, like Clark has Lex almost up to a wall and then shoves him really hard, but it's like super, like super slam. And yeah, it's like Superman strength hard. Like he, he, he does it with the intent to knock Lex out. Like I need you unconscious right now. Yeah. And so he does it. And, then disarming Pete, uh, like, well, Pete's about to finish him, and then Clark kind of grabs the gun from him, and Pete's like, how did you do that? <laughs> and Clark's like, we'll worry about that later, and taps him on the head. And, and knocks him unconscious, which is great. KOs him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, did, did some probably some pretty decent frontal lobe damage, but yeah, you're going to sleep. Yeah, you know, get an MRI, for sure. Um, what is, what happens? Oh yeah. So Lex comes to though. Um, and Lex sees Pete out cold. Uh, and then Clark plays it off as the act that, you know, he needed, he didn't see any other way of getting the gun away from Pete. 
And I mean, Lex kind of accepts it. It's a good play. It yeah. does make sense. And it is technically what he did. He just used some superpowers in there to assist. And I can't remember what Lex says about Hamilton, but I think he says, like, after you brought up Hamilton, I thought I would find out what he knows. No, 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 no. Clark, Clark looks at him and he goes, Lex. Pete says Hamilton was, or, or uh, what Pete was saying was Hamilton really here? And Lex just looks at him and he goes, what do you think, Clark? And that's it. So again, doesn't answer the question at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So he just, he, he, he plays, that's, I mean, that's a risky play though, because people haven't been, uh, like seeing things on the, on the flower. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he does say like, Clark, he's delusional. And he's like, so Hamilton wasn't here. What do you think, Clark? So it's, it's that whole Luther thing of like, well, I'm not lying. I'm just not answering your question. But again, Clark, you have x-ray vision. Yeah, I, 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 that scene was weird. Like, I didn't really take great notes on it. I kind of did a really basic thing. So I totally forgot how Lex continued to lie about Hamilton. But that's it, all it just, I... He just totally written. dismisses the, dismisses it. Right. And, and Clark buys it. He's just like... he. It's not that he goes, oh, okay, I guess. It's just that they leave it at that. He just says, well, right. what do you think, Clark? And then the scene kind of ends. Right. So, I mean, I guess... Clark could there's probably still suspicion in Clark but there's no proof either way yeah yeah there's no proof and yeah that's that's the thing is like again like Lex does take a pretty big risk there though like that that's I think that's the thing that I did take a note on was just that like he really didn't he could have just said Hamilton wasn't there like he didn't even need to to say what do you think or whatever he could have just said no or whatever but yeah at the hospital though uh everyone is awake except for the person that died um and that would be uh, pretty hard yeah uh, it would be a problem that they would have to deal with or uh, but, the son of god yeah but with a convenient memory gap from when they were under the influence of the flower and lex watches the kent's happy moment before turning to leave and Chloe goes to visit Hamilton and finds the barn, like the his facility, empty, like completely empty, like as if there was nothing ever there. And uh, at the mansion, Hamilton is like pissed that his lab had been shuttered. And Lex reveals that he'll be resuming his work at Lex's newly acquired Cadmus Labs. Which he took from Victoria? Yeah, the... Um... God, I can't even remember their names at this no, point. The, <laughs> hard, the Hardwicks. The Hardwicks. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, man. Our our brains, we're going to have to listen to our own episodes to find out what happens. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, Stay gonna, tuned for the Somebody yeah. Save Us podcast, where we review each and every episode so, of, of our Somebody own Save podcast. Us podcast. Uh, well, I mean, there, there are worse ideas. Um. <laughs> Hamilton warns, uh, remember, you're opening up Pandora's box, to which Lex responds, I'm just the key. And uh, they shake hands. And uh, then we get uh, a musical cue, and uh, Lana and Clark 
sitting on the windmill looking at the very bad-looking skyline of Metropolis. It's brutal. Number one, Metropolis, like the flagship city of the DC universe, unless you like trying to compare it to the bottled city of Kandor. Right. And it looks like it's, what, like population one million or something in this picture? Like, it's a very small-looking city. Isn't Metropolis supposed to be like a super New York yeah, it's supposed to be gigantic and, like, the most um, modern city in the world kind of thing. Right, right. So it's, I, I don't I don't know. I looked at that picture and I was like, that's Metropolis? Okay, then. Also, right. it's a freeze frame. You can tell that it's just a photo. There's mm-hmm. no life or motion whatsoever. Right. It's bad. And then they have um, uh, Clark and Lana up against just a horrible green screen. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, one of the worst ending scenes. But it's pretty brutal. It, I will it, say though that they do blare out some uh, U2's "Beautiful Day," and um, a little little fun fun fact, a little Steve fun fact. Every year, I do not consider it spring until I randomly hear. It's a beautiful day by you too, and it always happens, and it's usually roughly around springtime. Huh. So there you go. It's the a fun mo- little game mo- I play with myself, because I have no life. <laughs> and am insane. Amazing, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Lana <laughs> recounts her apology to her, though, and he, although, like, Clark actually thinks, he actually says he kind of liked Alpha Lana. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he kind of alludes to something like that. Ah, she wasn't all bad. Yeah, and, and then, then she's just like, um, wait, hold on. Did I do or say anything that I should be embarrassed or worried about? And he doesn't answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like shrugs like, well, I don't know. Yeah. She asks how it feels to be on top of the world or at least Smallville. And he says, I feel free. And then we hear you too. <laughs> yeah. Like he said. And we know it's spring. It's springtime. And the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Not the worst episode, not the best episode. It was pretty fun. Uh, You said before we started recording that, you know, this is a good episode. There's kind of a lot of comedy beats in it. Um, Whether or not they're intentional or not, like, I, because I, 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 like, open belly laughed at the whole Pete, Psycho Pete reveal. Right. And the, uh, the, like, the whole, that whole Pete and Chloe breaking in thing is, even if it's, and I think it is unintentional, it's comedy gold, man. Because like, I want somebody to take... tripping, tripping over a rake and then literally a five count and then just smashing glass. Like, yeah. come on. I really want somebody to recut that scene, but put all the Scooby-Doo sound effects, put like Scooby-Doo music in the background and like have like... That would be so good. Slipping on things and like... That would just be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I, like, it's a fun episode. It's, again, not... It's one of those ones where I think it would be... If you had to rate it out of 10, I think I would probably give it, like, a 6.5. That's what I was thinking, 6.57. Yeah, around 7. That. And I, I want to say, like, maybe closer to a 7, because I... If, if I'm grading like that, then I'd give a little extra nod to performances that are out of the norm. Right. Like Jonathan Schneider, awesome in this. 
really good. I, yeah. I liked his like cocky swagger psycho thing going on. Um, yeah. yeah. Lana being able to not be shy, demure Lana, but, but like in your face, like, right. I want what I want right now. Someone give it to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. No I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Oh, so, what happens on the next episode of Smallville? Well, I think the next episode of Smallville is Stray. A child who can read minds escapes his cruel parents and finds happiness with the Kents. But that joy may be brief when his parents come looking for the boy so they can use his psychic gifts in a life of crime. I somewhat remember this episode. I know that I remember the way it ends. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I... and. It's not a one-off either. Like, he comes back at some point. I was going to say that. Like, I know we discussed this, and I I think we both believe that the the character reoccurs. Um, Not often, but at least one more time. Um, I think think just one more time. Just one more time. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, considerably older, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Maybe. I don't really remember what the timeline is on it. I think... I would say uh, it's a few years down the road. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll probably find out more because I haven't finished my notes on that one. Um, and I will probably find out on IMDb how just from the year. Or even just searching the actor, I guess, probably. Right, right. It'll show up the credits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's a good episode. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had fun. Uh, Polly, why don't you take us out? Yeah. So uh, until next time, everybody, somebody save us. Hashtag release a slider cut. (laughs) (laughs) God. Okay.